Social distancing's been a way of life now for six weeks. It's, it's what we do. And even as things start to open back up again this summer, it doesn't really look like social distancing's going away. So what's that mean for kids and teens when it comes to relationship? Kids who wanna play and teens who wanna hang out. What about only kids who have whoever's raising them and that might be it? What impact does social distancing have on our kids? That's what we'll talk about today. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad. I'm so thankful you're with me today. My wife Terry and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old second grader. Her name is Naomi. In fact, she'll join us at the very end of the show today to give you the kids' corner where she shares her thoughts on whatever she wants to talk about. I started Positively Dad last year just to be a resource to you to help you grow and get better, and I trust we're doing that. We've spent a lot of time here talking about the impact that coronavirus is having on families, and that's what we're going to do today. In fact, we do two episodes every week. On Mondays, this this particular episode, our more traditional podcast, we talk with an expert about something that's going to help us. And then on Thursdays, we almost always talk to a dad about being a dad. I trust you'll go back and listen to some of those as well. And today, I want to help you with a conversation that was on my mind, and that is, what happens to our kids when we're in this social distancing world, where we're not really hanging out with a bunch of other people, and and even if we do, they're they're six plus feet away. In fact, in most places right now, they're really advising you not to hang out with people outside of your immediate family. And if you've listened to some of our podcast episodes, you know that that's what Terry and I are doing, that that quite frankly, it's just the three of us right now. We're not spending a lot of time hanging out with others. In fact, we haven't really hung out with other people since the middle of March. And we were doing that on purpose because we're doing our part to, to stop the spread of, of this coronavirus. And uh, it doesn't mean that we're not doing stuff. We get on Zoom and we're doing different things there and Naomi's still in her dance class except she's missing the interaction, right? She's not in school. She's not playing with her friends across the street or down the street. Uh, She's not seeing her grandma. You know, all that kind of stuff just isn't happening the way it used to. So what kind of impact might that have on her? What about kids who are used to connecting with others, teens who want to hang out with their friends, and, and even elementary and middle school age kids who are learning the ins and outs of those relationships? What kind of impact could could this have on them? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And our guest is Dr. Amy Learmonth. She's from William Patterson University, and she specializes in kids and relationships. And she's got some thoughts about things we need to think about right now that are going to help our kids. And then shares with us, you know, what do we need to pay attention to uh, to tell us that there might be some sort of issue or challenge that we should look at. And then finally, what might happen once kind of these social distancing guidelines go away and we get back into whatever this normal is going to be. So I think it's a helpful episode for you today. Let's jump in and have it. Dr. Learmont, thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. My pleasure. This sounds like fun. Well, I'm happy to have you on. And I think it's an important conversation for our parents to think about because there's so much new stuff and yet you study kids and their kind of social interaction from, I mean, what I, one thing I said, saw rather was like starting at eight weeks old. So this is your specialty yeah. and you pay attention to this. So um, I, I'm excited to talk with about it. What's some of the stuff just to kind of start us off that we need to be thinking about when it comes to here, we're staying at home, we're social distancing and yet our kids want to maybe hang out with friends and do stuff. Where should we start? I think we should start with the idea that this is harder for them than it is for us. We have a lot more resources. We think a lot, we can think about 
I mean, I have friends who I haven't spoken to in five years who are still my friends. But, you know, when you're talking about someone who's eight or even 16 or 18, that's a huge proportion of their life. And maintaining friendships is hard when we're separated like this. And our kids are going to be lonely. Our kids are also going to be stressed, just like we are but they have less ability to deal with it. Hmm. So we're going to be seeing a lot of um, kind of less attractive behaviors because our, this is hard for everyone. Yeah. Well, I think you, you've made a really valid point that, you know, we do have friends that we can go years without talking to and we love catching up with them and it's okay. And then there are some still for adults, it's very stressful, obviously. And yet for our kids, it's so much a part of their world. So I wanted to kind of chunk it down age by age. And you actually said that, that there's some ages, younger ages, where this isn't an issue at all. Like if you've got kids under a certain age, no worries, life's going to be just fine. Can we start there? Sure. Um, Younger children are going to be harder for parents because they're going to demand your attention all the time. If you have a toddler right now, that toddler wants to be next to you, on top of you, um, all over you all the time. But for them, you are their social world. You know, if, if, if mommy or daddy is there, life is good. And they don't really, um, they're not going to be as, as upset by missing their friends. Their friends are just somebody to play with. And mommy and daddy fill that spot. Whoever's, yep. take, whoever's raising them can fill that space. So the stress there comes to mom and dad who, you know, maybe they don't, they don't want to play school for the 800th time or, or whatever it right. is. So that's right. where the challenge as might come. As you're trying to work from home and your toddler wants you to play all the time games that have no rules or rules that change with every 30 seconds or so, it can be really hard to, to keep your own self together. And I think it's important for parents to know that this is hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. it is. Now, the reason that I looked you up and found you and wanted to have you on was because of a conversation my wife and I had yesterday. So we have an eight-year-old second grader and she's an only, and, and I feel as if she is this She's, I don't know what to call her, your typical eight-year-old, right? She's a happy kid. She has a lot of fun. Everything's great. She's, you know, going to school. She's danced three days a week. She's, her best friend lives across the street. And in a blink of an eye, all of it was taken from her. And it feels as if she's lost a little bit of her joy. And, and so I thought, maybe we need to look into this. And so, because you say there is an age, and, and, and sounds like Naomi might be kind of at that age, where it transitions from, it doesn't matter who I play with, to it very much matters who I play with. And so there might be some issues that come in here that we need to be aware of. Yeah, friendship becomes something new, starting around Naomi's age. So she's starting to look for people with who she shares interests, who she shares kind of uh, things other than proximity and opportunity, which is what little kids, you know, you put them together, they play. But with, as our kids get older, they want to be able to talk about shared interests. They want to be able to find people who enjoy the same things. And 
you know, they stop relying on us so much for their social kind of interaction. And with Naomi's age, she's just starting to do that. So she's also just kind of starting to experiment with, well, what do I want from a friend? What, what is a friend? And that's going to evolve for a while. You know, you'll find that, that friendships become, are, are unstable for a while. You know, best friend this week is, is, is on the outs with us next week. And that's, that's just part of growing up. And if you see it as experimenting, as figuring it out, figuring out who she wants to spend her time with, it's a very valuable thing to do. Yeah. How do we help her then through a time like this as she is building those friendships and they've all, the, the, the getting together part of it is gone and, and we want to help her and support her. How do we do that right now? Well, I think we live in a good time for that because there's FaceTime, there's Skype, there's, there are all kinds of ways to get at least some of that interaction. You know, if we were in the flu pandemic of 1918, we would just be stuck. There'd be no other options. I also think that, um, you know, finding things that you can do with your child that may be something a little special. Um, my daughter is 13 and she's also an only. And, you know, she's struggling. And so every day, around the middle of the day, we go for a two mile walk, both to get a little exercise, because that's another thing that kids really need. And also because she will tell me what's wrong when we're walking and she won't any other time. Interesting. Terry brought that up. Say, uh, yeah, because she's 13. So she's not going to tell you. Right. And yet that moment together, she is being honest with you. And, and go ahead. And we've been doing things like um, we've baked more cookies than is, nece- than is really good for me. Well, at least you're walking two miles a day. So that's going to help there, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to find things to reach her and to, to provide her with some sense of some social interaction that she can deal with. She also has um, been talking to her friends over FaceTime. They have a group chat, and um, so her, her, she has a phone now, and her phone goes ding, ding, ding mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But that's that desperate need. All of them have that desperate need for that social interaction. Well, we want to connect. I mean, that's, that's who we are, and um, definitely this, it seems like this, you know, six, seven, eight years as you're starting to kind of figure this out. Your daughter's 13. She's in the middle of figuring out relationships. I, I did a podcast one time where we talked about middle school and how really middle school is about social connection more than it is academic, like learning that piece of it. And so, yeah, that's been taken away. So she's going to be on our device. And I think that's maybe, like you said, the benefit of this happening in 2020 is that we do have the technology to still connect. Is, does that, is that the same as hanging out, you know, in person or is there, a, is, is there still some sort of disconnect there? No, it's not the same, but it, it's as close as we can get. And, you know, there is, there are elements of it that are similar, you know, and there are elements of it that are, you know, when they're hanging out, they don't have to type their thought. They don't 
have that intermediary of the technology. And so you get a more natural rhythm, which is missing with the, uh, with, at least with the texting. Yeah. When they're doing FaceTime, I think it's a little more natural, but it's still, you know, they're, they're looking at a device. And so some of the nuance is lost. Yeah. And the nuance is what they're learning about. Right. The, how to interact with each other. I'm mm-hmm. curious then about when, when, as we, and I, it feels to me as if this will be a trickle back into normal. This will not just be a, hey, we're open, go do your stuff, right? Yeah. Um, that, that this will be a gradual transition into doing things again. You know, school's likely out until fall and, and who knows what the summer is going to look like as far as vacation and sports and stuff like that. So I feel like this is, this is going to be a longer term thing with a transition back in. How does something like that, are our kids going to be okay? Are they going to easily bounce back? Or could there be some impact of this lack of connection that they're having right now? I think for the most part, as long as we're talking about a couple of months and not, you know, not more than, than four or five months, I think they will all bounce back. I think that when we talk about longer periods of time, that's what scares me. Because I do think that our children, if we need to be keeping them apart for a year, that's a very long time. And, you know, neither your child nor mine will be anywhere close to the same person in a year as they are right now. But I think as long as we're talking about three, four months, you know, it'll be... It'll be something to remember. It'll be it'll be one of those uh, one of those things that looms large in their memory of their childhood, probably. But um, in the long term, they'll recover. Children are remarkable in their ability to recover. I mean, they're amazing. They can do all kinds of things. They can recover from things that are just scary. Yeah. Pretty easily. Well, we've noticed Naomi's adaptability. I'm sure you've seen that in your daughter, how quickly she's able to adapt and, and just kind of make it work. And yet there's still, it's different. Um, I'm curious about, you know, as we've talked about, you and I are both parents of only children. And, and so it seems to me like it would be easier for families who have more than one kid, because that will help with some interaction. And then as I've been looking it up and studying it and reading about it over the last few days, I found maybe it's not necessarily easier for families that have more than one kid. So can we talk about how the, the, you know, most American families are not parents of onlys like we are, right? So how do we, what, what's it like for the, the family that's got two, three, four, five, six kids at home and how they inter, uh, interact with all of this? Yeah, I, some of that is hard to say because it really depends on the children. You know, who they are, how far apart they are, You know, you think about, I have a friend whose children are six years apart and the older child really does feel kind of responsible for his little brother. And so she probably gets a little help. But at the same time, you know, you know, other families where the, where the children fight like cats and dogs. And so instead of providing social outlets for the, for their children. Those parents are breaking up the fights every few minutes. And it, so it just depends on the family and the relationship. 
I think I think there are advantages, especially for for younger children, because if your children are three and five, they can probably play together some. And that means that they'll get, there is at least someone to play with. But by the time they're a little older and they're looking for friendships and connections and shared interests, if they don't have that, the sibling may just be another annoyance. So it could, it could be just as tough, right? I mean, who knows? Yeah. It, it's going to be different for every family. And so we've got to kind of watch that and monitor it. And, um, and so let's think about how if this... If this age group, we're talking, you, you said we really, kids kind of what, starting, start developing friendships like that are true friendships, what, around six or seven? Is that what you were saying? I think seven or eight. Okay. Um, and that, that continues the, the, I'm sorry, go ahead. But it depends on the kid. You know, there are children who are, who are kind of accelerated in that, and there are children who are behind. There are children who are still have playmates when they're eight or nine, and there are children who are forming real friendships at six and seven. All right, so let's say first grade. So you got a first grader who's, who's learning how to develop true friendships and, um, and is going through that. And then obviously you get into uh, middle school where that's a, definitely a fascinating time um, a, as we grow through what it's like to interact with people and grow friendships. So now we're at home. Um, I'm curious about how we as parents can help our kids continue to develop, continue to grow, continue to, to find value in relationships during this time. I imagine you've got some tips for us. Yeah, I think the first one is to just be kind to yourself and kind to your child. You know, this is stressful for everyone. And if we all remember that everyone's stressed and do the best we can to help each other, I think talking to your children about their friends and about their friendships, you know, tell me about Tell me about what you did with Hannah before and, and maybe make plans for when things get, when things change. Um, I think being kind of upfront, by the time a child is school age, you can tell them, this is hard and I'm sorry. And a little empathy really does help. On the younger end, they're still going to be happy um, to do things with you. You know, if you're going to, whatever it is that you find joy with your child, whether it be um, the little ones across the street are spending a lot of time there, they just got a trampoline in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And um, the other day I saw their mother out on the trampoline and I thought that's perfect. Yeah. You know, we can't stand in for everything but we can try to make sure that we're there for them. Yeah. I, you know, we got a, we got a, one of those inflatable pool slides, right? So we're in Florida. So we've got a pool in the back and we got one of the things and I, I challenged her some stuff with it. And I said, if she could accomplish it, then she could push me in the pool in my clothes. And um, I, I heard her laughter in a way that I had not heard for a few days. <laughs> and so that was nice. So I love what you're saying is let's, Maybe, maybe, is it, maybe right now is a time that parents, we could just even get a little bit goofy with our kids and, and maybe do things that normally in a million years we would never do with them uh, because we're mom and dad. And yet maybe some of that could bring them some joy and make it feel a little bit more normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I work with kids at lots of ages. They, they love to tell you you're wrong. They love to tell you, they, 
I mean, pushing you into the pool in your clothes is the best. You're right. Yeah. I mean, what kid wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. No, she's pretty happy. Yeah. And so I think, you know, again, it's going to depend a little bit on the kid. Um, but finding that thing, and most of us know what that thing is that we do with our kid that brings us both joy is important. And it's a good idea to kind of cultivate those things and make sure that you're attending to uh, the fact that your kid is going to need more of your attention than they have lately. Do we Whatever. need to give them a little bit of grace? Do we need to give them a little bit of grace too right now? Yes. Yeah. We also need to, for, for kids who, I mean, maybe not yet for Naomi, but for, for my daughter who's 13, I also need to occasionally give her space, you know, give her an escape because we're all in this house together and I kind of enjoy more time with her. But there are times when she says, I just need you to leave me alone. And that's actually normal too. And it's okay for them to, to, to be kind of sensitive to the fact that all the togetherness might be overwhelming sometimes. So give them some space, give them a little bit of grace. And, um, and I also feel, and we talked about it earlier about tech and you tell me if I'm right, you know, we might have to relax kind of our screen rules or the interaction that we're letting them have with friends a little bit. Maybe we have to reevaluate what our expectations and standards are there. Yeah, I've certainly relaxed. I'm one of those moms. I have a time limit on all the screens. I, um, her phone's not allowed to go upstairs. I have all kinds of rules about the technology because the technology kind of scares me. You know, my daughter is responsible. She's a good kid, but you never know what's on the internet and what there's a lot of scary stuff out there and I monitor pretty closely, but I have started letting her, you know, if she's FaceTiming with her friends, I will let her take her phone and, and go to her room or go into the attic where we have a desk set up for her. And that's a relaxation of the rules. Now, because she's 13, I have expressed very clearly to her that this relaxation isn't a forever thing. It's temporary. Yes. It's, yeah. She might want an extension of this uh, lockdown. She might <laughs> like it, right? Who knows? Well, she told me the other day that she would never again complain about having to go to school. Yeah. Well, that's a perspective shift, right? Because yeah. I, I do feel that some of that's happening too, that when school does reopen, which in most cases would likely be the fall, it may be a first day of school like we have never seen before. I think so. And I, I, I think that actually I, I was kind of thinking when she said it, that it was, it was nice to see that perspective from her. Yeah. And I, I want her to see that school is, you know, when you go every day and you have to go and your mom makes you go and all that stuff, it, you can lose sight of how much you get from being there. Is there anything we as parents should pay attention to when it comes to um, just their social interaction where we might see that there's a problem where we need to seek some professional help? I think we should all be watching for signs, you know, any sort of major behavioral change, we should be keeping an eye on. And 
you know, one of the things about kids is they do change. Every time you think you have them figured out, they, they change. And, but I think, you know, you want to, you want to watch for a child who disengages because that can be a sign that they're really struggling. And we want to make sure that, you know, I think in this stressful time, we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves so that we have the resources to help when our kids are, are struggling. And I think the most important thing that we can do is, is remember that, especially when we're seeing behaviors that are unattractive or those are usually expressions of unhappiness. And cutting ourselves and our kids a little slack is really, really important. And watching for the, any major shift in behavior, anything that's sudden, you want to keep an eye on. Got it. So that we can make sure we're helping them. Yeah. Well, as, as we wrap up, I guess, what's the final message you want parents to understand right now about what our kids are experiencing the impact it might have on their, you know, social development and what's ahead. What's the final message for our dads? I think our kids are lonely. You know, our kids need us to provide at least some of that space. We need to play with them and we need to keep an eye on them. And we need to make sure that we are a little more flexible than usual with them. So if that means throwing you in the pool, that's a great thing. If it means taking, taking my little one for a walk so that she gets a little fresh air and a little escape, that's a good thing. And so for each child is going to need their own thing. And you know your child, you know what your child needs. And, you know, that's the most important thing. Be kind to them, be kind to yourself. Great stuff. Well, Dr. Learman, thank you so much for being on. You've, you've offered a ton of value today, and I just I really appreciate you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. What a beneficial conversation, and I'm so thankful Dr. Learman's joined us. You know, so younger kids, this is probably cool. In fact, they probably like it. They're loving the time with you. In fact, the stress might be on your end on balancing it all and playing with them and all that kind of stuff. And then as they get over five, then it gets a little bit tougher, and we've seen that here. We've seen it as a, a parents of an only, an eight-year-old who, who does want our attention and doesn't um, you know, have friends around, and, and we're busy too, making it all work. And, and so I just appreciate Dr. Learmont sharing this stuff with us. I think a powerful and important episode. All right, let's wrap up the way we wrap up every podcast, and that is a visit to the Kids' Corner. Naomi kind of shares what she's thinking about, and I, I think that um, you'll definitely like her perspective today. Ever wonder what's on the mind of your children? Let's find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, my name is Naomi Shaw, and today I will be talking about if you're an only child and you're doing homeschool. So, first of all, homeschool isn't as fun as normal school because you aren't seeing your friends. I used to thought it would be funner. Now I know it's definitely not. It's just really fun to have your friends with you and Here's another thing. If you're doing homeschool right now, your parents will probably be on work helping other people. So sometimes I ask, um, can you help me with like a project? And they're like, sorry, I'm a little too busy. 
And I want to tell you that, guys, that might happen. And it's just a little sad because you don't have anybody else to play with. And your parents might say, if you want to play with them, you can play by yourself, play with your stuffies, or watch something to get entertained. And also, your mom and dad are trying to help other people with their jobs. So don't be like, but I want to play with you. They're trying to help other people. And your mom and dad definitely will play with you. Like yesterday, we just had fun playing Santa. We were flowing, throwing balls and have no idea why that was so much fun. That's it, Fanny's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. It's no doubt this has been tough for her. We, we, and we're doing the best we can. I know you are too. And, and I hope that the stuff we're doing here on Positively Dad is helping you as well. We are in fascinating times right now, and you know, tr- hopefully things will start to turn back another direction. I tend to think that we're going to be in times like these for quite some time, and we're going to continue to be a resource for you here over at Positively Dad to help you out, help you get through those times, and I think the perspective that you just heard from Naomi is important as well. We don't filter that. I just invite her to come on and be on and, and, and share with you so that it can be as authentic as possible, and that's what's going on in our house. We're playing with her, and sometimes we're not. And we're all doing the best we can. I know you are, too. I trust you got some value out of our conversation today. If you did, it would be awesome if you shared that with somebody. Just send them the link to to this particular episode. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you're listening. That would be awesome, too. We love five stars. We'd love some reviews. And then finally, uh, find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. We should be pretty easy to find. And then if you know somebody who you think could be a great guest on the show or maybe you'd like to come on and talk about what's going on in your world, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is james at positivelydad.com. I'm James Shaw. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.